right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the second episode of the Kenny Community Podcast. I just want to um, intro what we're doing today. I'm going to be talking to Benjamin Thompson. He did a review on the Kenny Max 6K that's going uh, that's up on the Kenny Community page. You can also find that on YouTube. Uh, he tells us about how he came to discover the Kenny Max and sort of his background as a filmmaker, what he likes about the camera, what he thinks some of the drawbacks are. And not to harp too much on the drawbacks, honestly, Kenny is just an amazing camera for the price. Um, but I think all of us who use the camera are just hungry for a little bit more support. And uh, hopefully, you know, this podcast can help to facilitate some of that. Um, and then the other thing um, is later on, after uh, we talk for a bit, we uh, I sort of break down a scene from a film that I shot that someone on the page had asked that I would break down the lighting for. So if you have any interest of that, that's all the way at the end. Uh, also, this is a long episode, so uh, uh, apologize for that. I'm going to try and keep them shorter in the future, uh, but I had a really great uh, talk with Ben, and also I'm sort of committing to myself not to spend too much time um, editing everything down on the podcast. So uh, be prepared um, for a little bit of a lengthy episode, but also um, I hope you guys really enjoy it. So, And if you guys have any questions uh, that you want addressed, or if you know someone in the Kinney Infinity Company who would like to talk to me about their cameras and the future of the Terra and what they're doing as a company, I would love, love, love to talk to them and uh, be able to get some information from them on the upcoming Terra camera. But also, I just hope this is a great resource for those of us who are interested in the camera to meet other filmmakers using the camera. Um, so enjoy, and I will see you guys soon. I'm trying to do this every week, but um, we'll see how it goes. If you'd like to talk with me on the podcast or you want to share some information that I don't know, uh, please get in touch with me on Facebook, or you can contact me, John Paul at infinitefocus.tv, uh, or you can find me on Instagram at jpthedp, jpthedp. All right, guys, here you go. What's your story, man? So, like, how did you get into production to begin with? Um, sure. Like, when when did that happen? Uh, so I was a uh, ecologist. I worked for an environmental consulting company, and uh, I had uh, I started doing film stuff because I um, I was a biologist. Then I was sent into Central Mexico, uh, where I did this. Um, I did this sort of half documentary, half uh, research on the on this lizard that hasn't hasn't been uh, seen since the 1950s. So I I went there and uh, I filmed it and I taught the biologists and the Mexican government how to uh, survey for species that they couldn't find. Wow. And, um, so that's how I, I got into that. And when I came back uh, to Louisiana, I got a job with a consulting firm. And I worked with uh, scientists who were working on the oil spill, and I wrote a script about it, about what they were going through, and that got some attention in New Orleans and kind of launched me into film. And so, oh, so wow. That's I just awesome. with that went for a film. That's it. That's great. And so, I mean, it seems to me like your work now is sort of this, I guess a lot of us are in this, like, one-man band pseudo-production company environment is that is that fair to say that's kind of where you're living yeah it's uh well it's also because i just moved across the country so i just don't have any crew here yet i you know i, I haven't coalesced together a good amount of people yeah that um, takes time what happens right you're a one-man band until you find people that will work together collectively and then you sort of grow that way so that, that's kind of where i'm at that's great dude you have you always been a shooter uh yeah like uh, uh am i always behind the camera or yeah or? like i guess like all things considered you win the lottery you do like your dream project are you a shooter are you a director are you i'm a, I'm okay, a director so what, what's your passion where's usually, your passion at yeah I'm, I'm a director i i i usually um unlike films I'll, I'll have a guy as the dp and then i'll work with him okay. uh yeah that, that's usually how it goes except for documentary stuff because that's that you just it's it's in that case and in most cases i guess uh, for documentary stuff you're right behind the camera and i don't know a director just seems a bit superfluous seems like it's just producers and the guy behind the camera right yeah. right so that's and so. um so tell me a little bit about like what's your experience with cameras in general like uh your background sort of what brands or cameras were you using before you got into the kinemax 
Sure. So, um, well, I started like everybody, you know, probably with like uh, mini DVs years ago, years ago. Uh, and then uh, I went into DSLRs and um, my first DSLR that I used was like a D7100. And I used that for and a D7000 for a little while. And then um, I was hired on as the production manager for the Digital Worlds Institute in Florida. And when I did that, um, they had all sorts of stuff, but uh, it was a lot of uh, Panasonic's and ENG cameras. And then for some of their shoots, they'd use um, uh, Mark threes. And then um, it just kind of depended because they had a lot of, uh, um, they had a big green screen. So a lot of times yeah. it would be like production stuff. And then a lot of times it would be field work. So it, it just kind of depended. Um, and then I did my own independent films with black magics. Um, this is like the black magic 4k, the 4k cinema camera. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then, um, and is that a camera that you had purchased or you were renting for short films? Where were you on that? Uh, I rented it. Okay. So, and, and what were your, had you done any work like on the Epic, like on a rental or anything like that? Or was that sort of like your first introduction into, I guess what we'll call like a proper cinema camera? Yeah, that was probably my, my first introduction to a proper cinema camera. Um, I had worked, um, when I was in new Orleans, um, I worked with, uh, with DPs that had C 100s and C 300s. So I guess those, maybe that was the first time. Um, but that was more like I would work with them and that was their camera. I, I didn't run it myself. So, yeah, I mean, black magic is a great camera too. I mean, like it's, you really do, there's something distinctly different in the image you get out of a black magic cinema camera than like, let's say even a 5d Mark three or, you know, mm-hmm. a DSLR It's just definitely like a, a step up if you want to make movies. So, um, where uh, was it that you kind of first heard about the Kinefinity cameras and like what made you interested enough to take the leap and purchase the Kinemax? I actually, uh, I, I'm just a, uh, oh, probably overzealous shopper. So I, I was just one of those guys that was just online, like, okay, here are the parameters. Here's what I want in a camera. Now I'm going to just go out and research everything to like the nth degree and find what works for me. And I think I just found Kinefinity through that online search. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing. That's cool. And, and I mean, I know for me, like when my, uh, like my buddy bought one and mm-hmm. you know, I talked about in, in the first podcast, I talked about how I rent from him and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like it was, I think everybody's reaction when they first hear about the Kinney cameras, like, what the heck are you talking about? You know, like mm-hmm. you're like, no, no, it's a Chinese yeah. camera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's like, it's crazy. Cause their website is like not fantastically translated. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, yeah. And it, you really have to be almost obsessive to dig deep enough to first find the camera and then to like really learn about the camera and find test footage. And mm-hmm. in fact, I think, I don't think there's been a Kenny Max review before yours. Like, yeah, well, Tom Antos did one. Uh, okay. I remember that, but it was one of those where it was still in the beta version. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I've seen that. And he does the test footage in the park with that girl. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yep. I, th- I mean, the thing is too, though, I think probably like the, where the Kinney cameras really get interesting, at least for me is like the workflow. Can you tell me about mm-hmm. like what your expectations were when you first got the camera and then like kind of how you had to adjust your workflow to make it work and what's working for you now? Sure. So, uh, when I first got the camera, I expected, uh, that, assimilate that I'd, I'd basically have to f- either do one of two things, either figure out assimilate scratch right. or just completely rely on the ProRes transcoding process through Kinestation. Right. Um, so I knew it would be like one of those two things um, or, you know, well, you can do obviously um, in a form or you could work through that. But I mean, the whole point of getting the, the Kinemax, one of the reasons was that I wanted a raw workflow. Right. So, um, because of that, I kind of figured that even though it had, uh, compressed options, or at least it had like Cineform that I probably mm-hmm. would be using them only sparingly, uh, or when I, when I really needed it, but I wanted that raw workflow. So 
So anyway, so I expected to either use Assimilate or work through the transcoding process, but I really did want to be able to work with the footage um, natively. And uh, I mean, I, I was hoping, I still hope that at some point, um, uh, like Adobe will adopt. Yeah. I, hope, uh, I mean, I, I really think that that's probably, in my opinion, like the biggest drawback right now. Mm-hmm. is like man if you could get like kenny raw support inside of adobe that would really just be like a it would change the whole camera for me honestly you know yeah i think that's true however i do i do also think that there are you then run into like hardware limitations like right now if if i were if all of a sudden adobe announced that they could take kenny raw i still couldn't do 6k in adobe like i, I couldn't right. bring in uh and even some of the 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 4k options i would have trouble unless yeah. i really down them um even with you know i built my computer it's pretty beefy but it's but it would still have issues with that um with my graphics card so yeah that's a good point you know but, it, it kind of like mean, then on the on the flip side of that though the cool thing about kenny to me is like i mean i don't know if you ever worked with the red epic but like if you scale down your resolution it crops in on the sensor you know what i mean yeah yep. i think I think the Alexa, I haven't been able to work with the Alexa yet, but I think you can do full resolution. I mean, like full frame or full super 35, whatever, Mm -hmm. 2K resolution or the upscaled 4K or whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. I really like the wide variety of options you have. Like, you know, if you're shooting a local commercial or like a highlight video for somebody, like you can go out and shoot ProRes at 1080p, but -hmm. still use the whole sensor. You know what I mean? And then you can kind of like, because 6K RAW is going to be such a hard thing to work with, Mm -hmm. you can kind of say like, okay, for this short film, you know what I mean? Like it's worth the trouble in the end and in the pipeline to like go through the 6K RAW workflow. I like having the option. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think that's a cool part of it. And I, I mean, it's true. Like even with, you know, even with 4K ProRes, um, on the Kenny mini, like that can give you some, some, if you're in ProRes 444, like that can slow you down unless you like load it onto, you know, a hard drive or you have like a, you know, eSATA connection or something like it can really bog you down, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. What, um, what do you think like your favorite parts about the camera are like in your general workflow is it, do you mostly operate on the kinney or do you sort of only use it for certain shoots like where does it fit sort of in your toolkit uh it's it's my a cam i mean i i just uh you know i just plugged in my headphones here. there we go <laughs> that goes bother me um it, it's it is my a cam i use it on pretty much everything um if i expect at some point you know a client might come along and and say, hey, you know, I need, uh, let me think of something that they can, oh, actually, so here's a good example. If I were going to a foreign country and I was going to be stuck somewhere for two months and I was maybe either out in the middle of nowhere or not really very close to um, somewhere that, or, or, or something that, where I could get the cameras out and service and all that and I needed uh, a really light, fast workflow. I, I definitely would probably consider a different camera, and I would budget that in. I mean, I would tell them, yeah, either do. I, I'm not even sh- actually even sure I would I would go with an FS7, but I mean, I would probably probably a C100 or something like that. Honestly, for that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, something that has a little better weather sealing as well, and things yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't go with the the Kinemax for things like that, but I haven't run into that yet. Uh, but in that case, yeah, I would probably change, but, um, no, I, I, have been able to use it with pretty much everything that I've needed thus far. And I, I foresee using that. Um, I'm interested this, this week I'll be using it with a GH4 as a, as a B cam. So I'm kind of curious how that's going to come together. Uh, so how does that happen? <laughs> why wouldn't, why aren't you using the Kinney as an A cam? <laughs> uh, so, well, I'm using the Kinney as an A cam. The the GH4, uh, the GH4 is the B cam. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, well, that that's interesting. I'd lo- I'd love to, dude. If you could, uh, I think we would all benefit from doing a comparison. Like, if you get, mm-hmm. you know, show some footage, maybe like real quick, put something together. 
Oh yeah. Between the GH4 and the Kinemax, I think that would be really awesome. Are you going to shoot them both in 4K or, or what are you doing? So I'll probably shoot, well, it's actually um, interesting. A friend of mine is bringing over the GH4 tomorrow. Um, he's going to shoot it with me. It's an independent documentary I'm working on. So it's all, it's, a, it's just like my, my, one of my personal sort of passion projects. Can you tell me a little bit about it? What you got? Sure, sure. It's a project about human relationships. Um, I, I have a, I'm building an online audience around um, basically approaching human relationships and human intimacy in a different light. So uh, this is going to sound weird, but uh, I interview people uh, at during their refractory period. So basically, after people have sex, they oh, have different, they have oxytocin levels that are different in their brain answer questions and they react to each other very differently oh, wow. uh, so i interview them during that time and uh and so this to convince people to do this yeah <laughs> so i got <laughs> therapists and doctors and stuff like that and they have established clientele and audiences and things like that, that oh, they're cool man so you know but uh but it ended up that i needed um yeah i needed uh, somebody to have a smaller camera that could sort of move around the room a little bit um, while I was, um, while, while I had the main shot. So that's, that's where the GH4 came in. Um, and also for the Kinemax, um, as a side note, I just emailed a rental shop in Seattle, uh, requesting that they, um, they let me come in and do some test shooting under different lighting conditions. So I had oh, a awesome. for that, uh, for online to get colors uh you know get it under hmis get it under leds you know and just do some color comparisons yeah and, uh so hopefully they'll get back to me and uh we'll be able to do that sometime this coming week so oh that's we'll great dude man all it dude as much as as much of that stuff as you can share i'd love to devour it and like um because i i honestly really like the gh4 you know mm -hmm. um, yeah in fact i've often said like in the ten thousand and below range in my opinion the gh4 is every ounce as good as pretty much any other camera out there yeah. um i mean it's got some super serious drawbacks i think as far as like um but it's not really anything that's that's unique to the gh4 like the onboard little flip out monitor mm -hmm. is absolute horseshit like it's just mm -hmm. terrible you know like unusable but i yeah. mean then again like any serious camera you're gonna have a an evf or an you know monitor or whatever so it's not like a huge drawback and then also just the reality of like you know if a client's paying you a big chunk of change to make a video for them and you show up with a camera that's about the size of your iphone like yeah there's just something about that that i mean yeah pragmatist in me is like it doesn't matter but then the uh -huh. reality is like you just can't get away with it you know Oh, yeah. No, that's true. You know, for the longest time I fought that and there is that general sentiment that it's like, oh, well, you know, it, it's, it doesn't even matter, you know, what you show up with. But but it, it really does, unfortunately, especially with corporate clients, like yeah. they they have this thing in their head that they're expecting to see. And no matter what you convince them of or what you talk to them about, yeah, if you show up there with a DSLR that mm -hmm. for all I mean, they may have a DSLR sitting at home that's just you know that, that looks just like the, the same or more expensive than the camera that you're shooting their 15th project yeah right yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. And like and and the funny thing is you know all of us have gone through that phase where we're like no look we're just gonna put it in a cage and we're gonna put a map box on it and we're gonna mm -hmm. put it on a shoulder and it's gonna look like a cinema camera and i've done it and then like 15 mm -hmm. minutes into the shoot the client's like hey that's a picture camera. Like I have that camera in my house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have to like go through this whole long description of why that's acceptable. Yeah. But, I mean, I think honestly though, that's, I think the, the Kenny camera appeals to me in that I find it comparable to a red or an Alexa and that it's, I mean, I don't know how else to say it besides it's a true cinema camera. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's got the, the frame rate, it's got the dynamic range. It's got that je ne sais quoi cinematic uh, feel to the image. It's got the raw workflow. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just kind of has it all for a price that, and that honestly to me is just like incredibly attainable for people who are working professionals, you mm -hmm. know, in our industry. Like it, I, I just I find it to be an incredibly appealing camera, and so it, it always interests me 
like one, how little traction it's had. So when I find people that do use it uh, and are making awesome shit with it, it's like really, really interesting to me. And, and I'm kind of wondering, have you found yourself sort of like trying to spread the word about it and preaching to other people in the industry? Like, Hey, you need to check this camera out or, or are you, are you not as excited about it? You, you like it more and more, less and less, like where has it, has it grown on you or, or are you just sort of, how do you feel about the camera? I guess. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I love it. I, and in fact, I've, um, I always have these like, little notions that I'll just keep shooting with it until the resolution is no longer, uh, yeah, it's no longer valid in the industry or something, but, yeah. uh, no, I, I love it. I, I think that, uh, when it comes to cameras, um, it's, it's, it is, it's just like, it's kind of like your paintbrush. Um, it's not the point of if you're an indie filmmaker. Now, I guess that's like I gotta preface this by saying if you're a DP, then you just need the camera that works absolutely the best for whatever project you're gonna use. Right. So ideally, in an ideal situation, yeah. Exactly right. So you know that in that sense, um, like I have a friend who I, I talk to him about this stuff all the time, but he he just he wants to be a DP, and and if that's the case, then. Um, he has a whole different philosophy on it than I do. And, and if that were, if that were where I wanted to, to go, then, um, yeah, it's like, you don't marry yourself for the camera. You have to look at it. It's just like, yeah, this is sort of this naked tool. It's a hammer and it's a wrench and you use the right tool for the right job. I totally understand that. Um, but from an indie filmmaker standpoint, and for me, um, I, the look of the camera and the feel of the camera is what, complements my aesthetic so i don't have to necessarily i mean i have it i have commercial work obviously that i do but that wasn't what i bought the camera for i bought the camera because i want to make films i want to make narrative interesting films and the aesthetic that's in my head is what comes through on this camera more than any other camera that i see and so that's why i chose it because i just uh, I like it. It fits me. And, and in fact, it, people sort of, I think, dis, dismiss things like that uh, with just a little too easily, I guess, because for me also, like, why did I choose Kinefinity? Because sure, there are a lot of, I think actually the biggest reason people, it has not gained traction is those little things. Unfortunately, it is, you know, the, the bad translations on the websites, um, a, now you, you can say there's a lack of reviews, but a lack of reviews, you could almost attribute that to Ken Affinity too, because if Ken Affinity wants to go out and, and pay uh, three or four different reviewers who make reviews all the time and who have big audiences, they could do. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. The, I too. mean, there's, I think, and, and, and it kind of gets me curious. Like, I wonder what their marketing game is like in China and if it's like drastically different than their marketing game here in the States, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how they're doing as a company, like outside of our market, you know, cause, cause yeah. dude, I mean, their camera's impressive enough that like, you know, the Terra got a good bit of coverage. Like if you follow, you know, the film blogs and, and the gear blogs and all that stuff in the mm-hmm. industry, if you follow the blogs, like the Terra got some traction coverage wise. And I think people were genuinely interested in it, but it seems like there's like a, a lack of uh, motivation, I guess, to capitalize on that and to like, really make a push for the market which kind of makes me sad because like the whole like idea of the democratization of the camera you know what i mean like the idea of like bringing movie quality cameras into young broke filmmakers hands is like this in my mind is by far the best example of that you know like kenny finity is i truly having worked with it now quite a bit like the kenny mini it's like yeah, I could shoot a feature for real, like mm-hmm. a, for real, honest to God, not yeah. like, you know, like a budgeted feature on this camera and feel mm-hmm. confident about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, uh, like I might even like it's 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 good enough to where I literally could see myself if I had the budget for, let's say, even an Epic or an Alexa, there might be situations where I actually choose the Kinney because of its particular qualities. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a pretty strong 
statement if you think about uh-huh. it. You know, the, especially because it's a under ten thousand dollar, like far under. I mean, you know, the Terra Five K is five thousand dollars. By the time you build it out, it's still probably around seventy five hundred. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild if you think about it. Yeah, I, I think also that the Can Affinity, um, in many ways, it could be smart marketing uh, in a, in some ways because yeah. for one thing, if uh, if Can Affinity had if they had released like the Kinemax and all this and, and, and really like drove that marketing out there. Um, like during the time when, uh, black magic was just, I mean, I think it was about the time that the, the Ursa minis were, yeah, that's a good point. And, um, if they wanted to jump into that fray, I think they could have, but it, it seems like the Terra is really, it almost seems like they were getting their feet wet and be like, all right, we're going to make this camera does it work how well does it catch on what are the flaws in it and let's make it better and i think that they're um like they're coming out of beta phase almost honestly with their yeah i kind of feel like that and and i also think that like the other reason and this was a big um a big push for why did the review was that when you not only do you go on the website you see that but when you watch um reviews or when you watch interviews with um, like the European Kinefinity uh, guys, the HD video shop, yeah. and when you watch um, interviews with Kinefinity's reps from China that are in uh, like NAB, um, they're, it, it, it sounds, I, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it, but they're, they're, they haven't, um, their English just is a little bit broken and, you know, it's right. a little bit more, um, difficult to identify with them as an American and, and I, as a American, whatever, as a, somebody from the United States, because right. you watch that and you think, okay, well, what's going to happen here? If I get this camera and I want to call uh, Kin Affinity, am I going to be able, this sounds goofy, but am I going to be able to understand them online or, yeah. or, or on the phone? Are they going to yeah. um, be able to communicate with me? And I wanted to be somebody in America that said, hey, uh, I'm here. I've had a good experience with them. I wanted to be sort of that voice of confidence for them so that people could see a review and say, Oh, okay. There's a guy in the U S that, um, likes a camera has worked with them. And that makes me feel more comfortable. Yeah, I want absolutely. to tell people that, Hey, you can be comfortable with this camera. You can be comfortable with this company. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll keep expanding that with a Terra. And I think, you know, I think that will do quite well if they do, uh, that they'll, reap quite a bit of reward for that I don't know. yeah i mean I, I really do i mean like i think i think we're at this point now like first of all i mean the camera world is just bananas like mm-hmm. i don't know like when the when the dslrs happened like that changed everything and everything in like a fundamental way mm-hmm. and now you know like guys like us who arguably 15 years ago if you and I were trying to do the same thing that you and I are doing now, which is like, okay, we do corporate videos and we try and, you know, make nice stuff and make a living. And, but we also want to be making films, you know, um, if, if we were trying to do this 15 years ago, I mean, we would have had access to like a mini DV camera. Like that was before even like 35 mil adapters, you know, like now, like we can, yeah, it's such a different game you know like the Veracam which shot 720 15 years ago was with a lens like $90,000 you know what I'm saying yeah and so the game has changed so much and it's like there's so much noise in the camera world that's why I was that's why I was really stoked that you did the review because I feel like more and more people are going to be googling about Kinney and trying to find a review about them and it's kind of like you said like the hd video shop guys like that's awesome i feel like they've done a lot of great stuff but there's definitely like this like language barrier and just this idea like i don't know these are the only guys like reviewing the thing and they sell the camera like mm-hmm. uh i don't like it there's just like as a consumer who's not affiliated with kinney in any way like there's this yeah. sort of like unsurety about it i guess um yeah. and people latch on to anything that's why i put on a facebook forum that i was like sick of people using the term color science because the problem is when there is a vacuum when there's like no information as soon as somebody says something negative about the camera there's nothing to off put it yeah so it's like, no, oh, somebody said the color science was bad 
okay, maybe that's why nobody here is talking about the kin affinity, you know, and maybe yeah, that's why. And there's this like, there's no positive balance there at all. Right. uh, And and the crazy thing about it is that honestly, like, I think that's the camera's strongest suit. Like the way the Kinney mini 4K renders skin tones to me is like mind boggling. Like it's, it's. (laughs) the most impressive and it's funny because you know like if you look back at like the camera game first it was like 24p like i have on my shelf here at my office like my dvx uh my panasonic dvx yeah Um, yeah. and it was like dude it shoots 24p like oh my god (laughs) you know looks like a movie um and then and then it was like the 35 millimeter adapter shallow depth of field right and then it was the 5d mark ii which had that with like interchangeable lenses without an adapter and then like all these things that happen and you're like it looks like a movie looks like a movie but there's still this like sort of missing gap and Mm -hmm. i feel like the gap now that's that's closing is you know the raw being more available and not having this like shitty compressed color space Mm -hmm. um and and having more bit depth in the colors and also having uh better skin tones and a better color science if that's what you want to call it i mean i don't know all i know is that when i have actors in front of the camera mm-hmm. i like the way they look more on the kinney than i do on the black magic or on definitely mm-hmm. on a dslr you know what i'm saying yeah it's just something about their skin tones like like every time i shoot with like my 5d mark ii now i just like want to throw it in a river because i can like I don't know how to describe this in a scientific way, but I could like see the red under people's skin in a way that's like really displeasing. And I, I feel like the the skin tones on the on the Kinefinity are just like so much better. And mm-hmm. and it's we're we're at this like place where we're privileged enough to be able to get picky about that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. and I think that's. I mean, I think that's really really cool. Um, yeah. yeah dude i really i mean i'm stoked about your work man you're doing cool stuff and uh you thank know, you man. I'd, I'd love for you to to keep making you know more reviews are you going to be buying the terra or you're sticking with the kinemax um it depends i have a few um i was asked to be a uh <laughs> it's funny i sounded familiar i've been asked to be a dp on a couple of documentaries um in the next few months and if that pans out then yeah i'll buy the terra uh for that um for the five as long as it's you know out and about and everybody likes it i'll i'll get the 5k model i think that's just a great sort of combination is you can use the the global on the 5k if you need to you you know you drop your dynamic range a little bit but then just use and i can use a kinemax on the other things and that's like my my little dream team for cameras there yeah i mean honestly like i i'm trying to think of like a feature that's missing from the terra that i was like man if only it had this you know i mean of course the other thing too is like it's it's not out yet and there's no footage and they're pretty much just like hey we're making a camera uh, buy one and you might get to see what the footage looks like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is like sort of a crazy approach to me, but I, I can't tell if it's just a cultural difference mm-hmm. or just <laughs> or well, what it is, but yeah. I'm, I'm hesitant to pull the trigger on one because I want, uh, you know, like, first of all, I rent all the time. So this is the first time I'm like saying, okay, like I'm going to buy a camera, you know, mm-hmm. and my yeah. experience with the Kinney Finity 4k uh, the Kinney Mini 4K has given me the, the comfort to say, okay, like I can buy a Kinney Infinity camera and know that I'll be happy with the images that I get and the versatility that I get. Um, yeah. You know, and you're doing corporate stuff. Like you need to be able to like do slow-mo mm-hmm. sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that that's going to come up. Um, so it's like seems like it's got everything that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, the interchangeable mounts is awesome. Freaking mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. Um, but... I also like would literally like kill to see some test footage from the Terra right now so that I could be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That looks good. Let me go click buy on the website. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to like, like, you know, I think it's great that you're doing this podcast and it's, it's just this, I feel like it's a start of hopefully some sort of snowball that gets more and more people involved. And it's, it's just like, you know, just like you, you would um, hope that Kin Affinity sees this and recognizes that there's, or hears this <laughs> and recognizes that there's guys in the U.S. that want to bring it here, that want to make it, want to develop its presence. 
that are proud of the work. I mean, I see like the stuff that's coming out of the Kinemini 4K just impresses me over and over again. You guys that are the stuff you're making, the stuff that's just popping up on that Facebook channel from uh, yeah, like I mean, a what short was the name of that guy. I even messaged him to get on the uh, let me find Esteban. He did that piece in Australia. It's like a fashion film type thing. Um, that was, the, the uh, was it a music video? Were they in a white hallway? Is that... uh, no, this was... Oh, that one was awesome too. Uh, this was the one. It's like a bunch of like... It's like young, hot people riding around in trucks in the outback and like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying yep. to remember the name of the piece, but like that uh-huh. was one of those like... Oh, yeah, like people are doing high-level shit with this camera. You know what I mean? Like... Oh yeah, it's there was a short film uh, a guy did uh, where a, per- a person was transported to like another another dimension or something. This girl and there was the streets where everything was sort of burned and I, I thought it was amazing. I, I visually it was stunning. And uh, is it on the group? Is it on the Facebook group? Yeah, yeah, it should be. Um, it's a post on there somewhere. Um, I don't think he's taking it down or anything. See how far uh, back I can uh, get on this thing. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, but I was hoping like that's the thing. I'll do this review if uh, you're listening, Kin Affinity. I would do a. I'll do an even bigger review of the 5K. I mean, I'd love to bring that in because they have a short film I'm doing this summer, and then this independent one I'm working on. Uh, if I could get a, a, a 5K for just a few months to uh, to review it, put it through its paces. Comments. Man, what's that? I said put it through its paces and let everybody know like. Oh yeah. What's going on with the camera? I mean. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think, like, I, I have enough faith in the brand just, like, it's almost like when all of this marketing stuff, I feel like, is is almost working against the camera. It, first of all, it makes you realize how heavily we re- rely on, like, camera companies to almost over-communicate with us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and maybe because it's such an important purchase and such, like, a big purchase for people that it, like, we request more of the companies. Um <laughs> That like you almost take it for granted until it's not there. You know what I mean? And then it's yeah. like, uh, I don't know. But I I do think the Terra, in my mind, is like sort of like this like perfect time. Like right now is the perfect time for this camera in the market. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Red Raven is is actually like finally starting to deliver to people's doors. Mm-hmm. The Terra shoots 5K, which is a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got more features. It's got frame rates that are very comparable. Um, it's got native ProRes at full resolution, which is awesome mm-hmm. because the Raven only shoots ProRes as a proxy at 2K resolution, right? Um, is that so what's like? Yeah. I really feel like I'm hoping that that Kinefinity starts to sort of at least take advantage of some of the free free marketing opportunities in the states to try and get. Um, and honestly, like for me, it's, it's as selfish as like, I want more people to know about the Kinney so that I can get KRW in premiere. Like that's like, I just, I honestly just want Adobe to like somehow hear about the Kinney camera in a way that makes them motivated enough to be like, Oh, let's support the codec and premiere. Like that would just be so, so awesome. Well, I think their some of their headquarters are, are like an hour away from me. I just want to go knock on their door like, hey. Yeah, bring the camera. That's what you need to do. Like, go knock on Adobe's door with your camera and be like, hey, I need to show you guys something. Um, <laughs> can you help me edit this footage? In front? <laughs> I'm sure that'll work wonderfully. <laughs> Dude, well, thank you for your time, man. I, I really appreciate it. And um, uh, keep doing the good work. And, you too, um, man. I, you know. I would love to see a comparison between that GH4 and the Kinney. I think that would be super interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, no problem. And you should try. Well, I know you don't have uh, Scratch Assimilate, but if you get a chance to use it. Um, by the way, does that come with the Terras? Are they sell? Are yeah, they sell- I think there's. Well, I, I can't tell. Every camera that they've shipped so far comes with a year lease of Scratch Assimilate. Um, okay, so all right. I, I'm thinking that the Terra is gonna gonna be in the same boat. Mm-hmm. I've actually downloaded the trial of Scratch to use it. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if it's just that I'm an imbecile or what, but like, man. Is it, is it just too alien? Is it full? Well, yeah, it just feels too much like I'm trying to like hack into the Pentagon. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's it's like really too techy for me. Like, it's at a level that I just don't operate at that level. You know? Like, well, I feel like when I look at it, I'm like, man, these guys are, it's, it's actually a lot like Kin Affinity. I look at it, I'm like, they just need better. 
better English tutorials because you go yeah. on their tutorials and they're and they're from you know another country and everything. Right. And I feel like man, they they, they need a good review too. I'll, I'll just go on and scratch a scratch assimilate yeah, and get to another. Like... But like, I, it's just their interface for me is like, <laughs> I just can't wrap my mind around it. I know, you know I, mean? I know. It's it's like that at like first. The whole uh, spinning man. your mouse in a circle thing to change values and like. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the weirdest. Well, but you gotta understand though, that is because that is, those are meant for. Uh, the knobs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. mean, like you know. Trackballs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I understand that. I understand that part of it, I, 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 but it's still like, you know, guys who are at our level. I guess that's the thing. It's like. Kinney, like the workflows around Kinney are like the workflows you'd expect from like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar specialty camera. You know what I mean? That like that studios have the funds and the ability and the time to like put up with mm-hmm. certain workflow issues. But it's priced for guys like me who want the images coming out of it. And it's just there's there's some things that I feel like it's just right on the edge. Like Kinney Raw, in DaVinci, and in Premiere. Boom, game changer. That's it. You know? Can I uh I gotta ask you something real quick though. Um yep. what would be nice it are you are you having to look at your Kinneraw footage? Well, are you on first off, are you on a Mac or a PC when you're Well, I just it? moved to a PC from Okay. Are you using HFS plus to look There was an assimilate track? player that I just started using, but up until um like up until I guess a a month ago, no, a few months ago, I would just transcode it and watch it once it was transcoded. Like I would just batch transcode everything, you know. Well, but you were able to look in the SSD. So right now, the way that the it's formatted, I can't see. So it's funny. I use HFS to see the, the SSD on my drive and then extract the footage. Like the SSD, uh, and I've it, it hasn't been enough of a time issue for me to worry about it, but right. it. But I'm basically. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, no, actually, you know, now that you say that, I haven't actually mounted the SSD onto the PC at any point. I've only ever mounted oh. the SSD to my Mac. Okay. Um, and part of that is because I'm using, well, the Kinney station is hard to get a hold of. You know what I mean? Especially if you're renting the camera because it's like oh, okay. a purchased yeah. option. So, like, I emailed Kinney and they sent me a link for a Mac. Uh, Mm-hmm. on like the first commercial I rented it for, they were able to send it to me. Um, yeah. And then, so I've been using that and I guess I just was too lazy to like, uh... but yeah, I plugged the SSD into the, co- into the PC to see yeah. like, okay, like I, I just want to pull it up in a seminar and it didn't even read the drive and it would only read it on a Mac. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You have some to install stuff about it. to actually look at that for it to recognize to look at hfs plus and administrator mode is um anyways what i use but um yeah so all right man well uh look dude i'm so glad to see that you're out there using the camera and making cool stuff with it and uh i definitely want to stay in touch man anytime you have new projects i just love devouring other people's stuff so just send it my way post it on the facebook group and thank you so much for your time man i really appreciate it cool that's right oh and you were supposed to talk and tell about that your lighting conditions and oh, that. okay yeah oh okay oh. i'll include you in that let's go ahead and talk about that now i i'm, I'm trying to think of a way to like give people access to this image uh-huh. but we so what happened was uh it was actually i don't know you kind of you know like your life on social media is always cooler than your life in real life um <laughs> but like i had shot this short film and i uh a friend of mine who's basically was his senior thesis and I'm, I'm, you know, a little bit past college age here. I'm almost 30 now. Um, and this guy who would PA'd for me and sort of like come and work on sets. And you know, like I was the first person to hire him as a PA or whatever. Yeah. He was doing directing his senior thesis. And so he talked to me about it. And at first I was like really, really apprehensive about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and he had saved up, I mean, this guy saved up, some of his own money to make this thing which is great and he was like you know i can pay you and i told him over and over again i was like look man let's put the money like into set design and lights because this is a period piece and um it was the first period piece i'd ever done and uh i knew that we had this bar scene and i figured like that's kind of where we're going to get our production value out of the thing yeah um 
And so I, I I was watching a bunch of reference footage from like movies that were set in the fifties, mm-hmm. and um you know back in the fifties when people are lighting like I really really liked like the dark moody, uh like hypernaturalism stuff that's mm-hmm. happening in cinematography today you know like, uh Roger Deakins Sicario like to me like that's, like as good as it gets like I freaking yeah. love that you know. Uh-huh. Um, like it doesn't look lit, like it looks super natural. Um, Mm -hmm. I really love that, but I knew for a period piece that like, I knew we weren't going to be doing handheld, you know, um, I knew that we were going to be on sticks and dolly all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew that, I knew that we were going to, uh, like have the lighting feel a little bit more like lighting from the fifties. And and so that meant, um, having like some rim light and backlight, which I usually kind of try and avoid. I really like, I'm sort of in like a one main source negative fill kind of stage. Um, and I I really, really like that. Mm -hmm. And, but for this, it made sense to sort of light it a little more like a big movie. I mean, I still picked some shots that were sort of, I guess a hybrid between my style and that, you know, but the shot that we're going to talk about right now is this basically this bar scene. And, um, I might even try and see if I can link to, uh, this scene. I I have the, the short film finished, but it's not released yet, but I might be able to like, maybe I'll set up a private link for the Kenny mini, uh, or so the Kenny Finity, uh, Facebook group mm-hmm. to check out this scene. But basically, so we start with a dolly shot of the, of the bartender pouring a drink, uh, or we start with a shot of the of the bartender pouring a drink, and then we dolly out to this shot across mm-hmm. the bar, and we get this like really nice sort of like reveal parallax to all of our extras all in costume, and this is sort of like our our money shot for the uh, for the movie, like sort of mm-hmm. our big looking shot, as big as we could for yeah. close to no money, you know. Yeah. Um. So what we did is, uh, I knew I wanted to be tungsten for the whole movie, or mm-hmm. at least uh, you know everything that wasn't you know supposed to be motivated from like a window in the day um and there was one other daylight shot i did in the movie that wasn't natural which was when she's looking into the mirror i don't think i had a motivation for that Mm -hmm. i just wanted it to look like moody as fuck so i just did (laughs) i did that um no but on the bar we basically like there were some rafters up there we we uh rigged a four by four a four by uh, Kino, like a four bank with tungsten bulbs, and we skirted that in some duvetine to make it um, mm-hmm. like sort of mostly on her and that area of the bar and a little bit toppy. Yeah. We also were like on a really tight schedule, like every short film with no money, you know? Yeah. We're shooting um, 15 pages in two days uh, uh-huh. with pretty minimal crew. Yeah. And um, yeah. and so I knew that I more or less, for, th- for this scene, uh, I think we boiled it down to two lighting setups um there's one match shot like she's looking across the room and we do sort of a, an eyeline match to who she's looking at mm-hmm. and that was a different lighting setup but but for the closest i kind of wanted to just be able to leave the room lit mm-hmm. um so we top lit her and the bar right there and we sort of like uh skirted it out um and if i had a colorist or a, if i was any good at coloring uh, which I just sort of know enough to kind of get by. I would love to make her stand out even a little bit more, you know, so the girl in yeah. the red shirt maybe was like uh, brought down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if you look at the guy on the left of the frame, I don't know if you're looking at the picture, but you can see sort of where mm-hmm. our backlight's coming from, and that's sort of like uh, hitting her shoulder uh, from across the room, and we have like, that's like a 1K, which is barn doored, and sort of meant just to hit, and give her a rim light when we're back in the two shot. And then we have, uh, on camera left pointing towards her, we have a 300 RE tungsten for now, um, uh-huh. shot through a little bit of diff to just sort of like fill in and soften uh-huh. her face. And then we had all these really like amazing practicals, um, that we were able to kind of like steal bulbs from the rest of the building and, yeah. uh, and make the color match more or less to tungsten. Uh-huh. Um, Nice. And, you know, this whole, this is actually like a, a little like local theater. Uh, mm-hmm. And we actually had our, we had this amazing uh, set designer, a friend of mine, uh, transformed. They had the bar there, but he brought in this old cash register and all the liquor and like oh, cool. really sort of like knocked it out of the park in the costume. 
yeah. uh, department did an amazing job to really make it feel like a period piece. Um, but I mean, the funny thing, if you watch the, um, if I can get that clip uploaded, which I'm going to go ahead and do that, I'll, I'll, I'll share a uh, private Vimeo link. Um, <laughs> but if you get the, if you get the clip uploaded, uh, when you see us like dolly back over, you can see like a bunch of little like modern elements in the bar, but you, I just kind of <laughs> <did> like, <laughs> like those yeah. out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't like overly complicated, um, but we did, I mean, there's some other flags in there that I'm not mentioning i think we had to like flag the guy in the front in the white shirt we flagged him off uh-huh. so that he would really feel like he was uh in darkness and yeah. um i tried not eat like even my highest highlights i was trying to keep those below 80 ire yeah. and um i really like i really like darker moodier lighting uh-huh. um but i knew with this scene i still w- i wanted it to feel like a bar scene from a 50s movie more than i wanted it to feel like uh like something shot today you know what i mean and so i feel like we were able to to pull that off and I'm actually... oh yeah i think it looks amazing man i um it's yeah i wondered i figured you had uh uh lights up top uh, the practicals that you probably replaced and worked with quite a bit but uh yeah i, I think it came across uh, very very well so um, you know i'm excited to see that link Um, Yeah, I'll go ahead and cut it out and I'll just slap a big fat watermark on it so that I don't get in any kind of trouble because this... Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's what I was going to put it on my portfolio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I definitely shot this. No. Um, Yeah, so that's that's how I did it. I mean, I I still... Like, I'm a firm believer in not overlighting stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe just because I'm only good at so much and I like... But I really... I honestly feel like I think you kind of get to this point where it can kind of get a little crazy with like the amount of C stands and the amount of like flags and just time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as I really like, I love DPing. It's my favorite aspect of what I do. Like there's a point when like everyone's waiting on camera department that you really just like, I, I think I would just rather compromise and learn how to light with simpler setups. You know what I mean? Like, then, Uh then have like money being burned because I don't have this perfect little backlight on that character on the left of the screen. You know what I'm saying? Well, I like, imagine it got pretty warm in there too. It's yeah. Yeah. Small space, yeah. And so I think there's just like, I think, in fact, one of my favorite things about the whole filmmaking thing in general is just the, the level of collaboration and compromise that goes into like making a little movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, and, and then hopefully one day making big movies. Like mm-hmm. it's uh, I just really love the idea that, you know, like that you don't have to go crazy to get something that's really powerful or impactful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like that. There's a there's another shot. This is probably my favorite. One of my favorite shots from the um, film is where she's smoking in the mirror, and uh, and it's like in this dark room, and that's literally yeah. just like an empty room in an empty house with a mirror hung on the wall and a two by Kino bank mm-hmm. pointed down like that is one light. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like there's no eye light and it's very arguable that it's not well lit, but I just love it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. I just, I love the way it looks I, and it sets a mood and I like being able to pull out a big gun HMI mm-hmm. and like get the big movie look. But then I like just saying like, fuck it. I'm going to use one light, you know? Oh yeah, um, and I feel like I feel like being able to do both of those things and knowing when to do both of those things mm-hmm. um, can make the whole process like a lot more interesting. And oh, I also yeah. like I, I I mean that's why I love the the Kinney so much because like so many times on set, I think I think there's so much time that you spend where you look at the monitor and you just it's not what you pictured in your head. Like that's a huge part of just the learning curve of becoming a filmmaker. Uh-huh. is you have this amazing vision in your head and then yeah. you get on set and then you, you turn on the monitor and you're looking at it and you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. this looks, quote, professional, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not bad, but uh-huh. it's not what I want it to be. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if it just happened that it was in, like, a time in my career or just because I'd shot with the red epic before and really liked the results. Yeah. Something about the Kinney. It's like when I'm on set and I'm looking through the monitor and Mm -hmm. I've got my light set 
and I have the shot framed up, it's just, yeah. I just like it more. You know what I are mean? Are you using LUTs? Uh, do you, are you, are you looking at straight raw when you're, when you're... I sort of flip in between a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I like looking at a log image uh, mm-hmm. to, ch- I like checking the log image to just make sure everything's there. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I, but generally I'll shoot with, um, what is the, the Kinney color? The, the flat, neutral? Or neutral, or, yeah, oh, neutral. Camera flat like, or... It's kind of like Rec 709-ish, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. Um, what I like about that is that it's like, I know it's not going to look worse than that when I'm done. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. sa- a safe LUT to play with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I rent the camera, so I don't have a lot of extra time to like sit down with it and, and like really get into the nitty-gritty of all the LUTs and stuff. But um, the buddy that I rent it from has some other LUTs on there mm-hmm. um, that I've sort of, like, played around with. But honestly, like, I like the Rec. 709 or the Kinney Neutral, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, now knowing what you can do in post, it's, like, a little less stressful um, yeah. Yeah. than shooting with a DSLR that just falls apart instantly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so as long as like if if I'm looking at a at the Kinney neutral and it looks good, then it's gonna look good. Like when I have it in post, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not gonna look worse than that unless I am just purposely screwing it up, you know? Yeah. So I, I usually I usually like when I'm framing up the shot or like doing my lighting, I'll have it in the neutral, um, LUT, like just the one that comes loaded onto the camera, and mm-hmm. then I'll switch it into log mode and just make sure that like all my stuff's there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even on the neutral, uh, like, so I usually, like, I check my waveform when I'm lighting generally on the neutral LUT. Mm-hmm. And I'm and on the neutral LUT, I'm keeping my, my highlights at around 80 IRE, you know? <laughs> and yeah. uh, and I'd, I'm sort of figuring out right now where I like to live as far as skin tones. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere, like, I've gone as low as, like, you know, 25 mm-hmm. IRE on the skin tones. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm living in, like, the 50, 60 range. I guess it depends on, like, the project that I'm doing, you know? Um, But I'm just one of those typical, like, don't blow it out kind of guys. Like, I'd rather everything be dark and see the sky than, like, the sky just be a big white blob. Yeah. Although I will say that's probably one of the most, quote, cinematic qualities of the Kine Kine cameras is that the highlight roll-off is incredibly pleasant compared to, you know, a Canon sensor, for instance, which um, even the C100, C300... Um, yeah. C500, like, uh, what was that movie Shane Herbert sh- shot on uh, Need for Speed? Oh, yeah, yeah. He shot that um, on the uh, C500, and, I mean, uh-huh. obviously the story was heros- you know, horrendous, but um, yeah. but beyond that, the cinematography, like, when the highlights blew out, it just felt not right, you know? Like, it just did yeah. not feel um, very filmic at all. And I, I find with the Kinneys, like, if I have to blow a window out, it just feels more like a... F- like you know film that's been blown out and not like a digital sensor you know and more like the alexa i think even um than any other camera that i've worked with you know because with the red i've blown the highlights out on the red and just been really sort of upset with how that worked and and how little i liked it and Mm -hmm. the truth is when you don't have the money to like bring in 18k hmis or like really compete with the sun sometimes you're going to lose your highlights like even though that's the one thing i'm usually trying to protect like every once in a while you're just going to lose them Mm -hmm. um but i made this corporate video and like dude i had no clipping on the highlights or the Mm -hmm. blacks in daylight outside at all you know and like that is awesome you know and and that was on the kinney and i was just super pleased to be able to shoot exteriors without having to make it look super super crunchy you know and we didn't have and we weren't like bouncing that much light around because we were on a tight budget but um, yeah yeah i uh that's one of my favorite things about this it's just the uh i mean I, I put up a while ago like hey does everybody else like this camera as much in in just straight bright daylight as i do and i just think it just looks it just Dude, you, honestly, if you take the Kinney outside and shoot footage, it's going to look amazing. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, like it just is going to look awesome. Mm-hmm. And and that's not necessarily true of other cameras, you know? Yeah. Um, like if you like, that's what I love. I don't know. It just got that quality. I feel like the Alexa is like that too, you know? Um, yeah. If you just have a character sitting by a window, looking out of a window and you expose for the highlights, like 
golden. Mm-hmm. You got a good looking image. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, all right, dude. I love finding other people that love yeah. talking about cameras. I, like, yeah. I'm always that guy that like 10 minutes in, I find myself realizing that the other person I'm talking to doesn't care at all about cameras. <laughs> <laughs> You've been talking for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. I think they don't care about. Um, all right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me and, and we'll be in touch, right? Yeah, absolutely. We will, man. Thank you for having me on. appreciate all the work you're doing and yeah. uh, looks great. Keep it up, man. Yeah, thank you. Where can people find you online? Oh, I'm at uh, bhtfilms.com. Cool. Instagram? Um, I do. I think my wife posts more on Instagram than I do, but okay. I, uh, <laughs> for my you company. Gotta, gotta, <laughs> professional image maker, you got to get on the Instagram. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You got to man, it, it, yeah. it's it's awesome. But um, so that's bhtfilms.com. Yep. Um, you're also in the Kinney Infinity, uh, the Kinney community. Oh yeah. Group. Um, so if you haven't been there yet, please join us in that conversation. Thank you, Benjamin. Have a good day, and uh, I will be in touch, man. All right, you're welcome, John. All you right. too, man. Talk to you later. <laughs>